Hi, my name is Will. Um, this is my final project in the form of a podcast, obviously. So we're going to be talking about light, um, wavelengths, and towards the end, quantum objects. Um, I have with me today Nora, who's a college student. Um, and I guess to kick it off, we'll just start with kind of your interpretation of light. Um... Oh, hello. Um, honestly, I don't really know a lot about light. Um, yeah, I really don't know much. Um, I just know that it's like, it's supposed to be in a wave, and then depending on what medium it goes through, it has different colors. Yeah, that's a good start. Um, prior to this course, I kind of always thought of it as a wave, um, and I never really considered light to be a particle. Um, and I really never thought it could exist both as a particle and a wave. It takes characteristics from both states, um, and because of this, it allows light to be behave in many different ways. So we encounter particles and waves in our everyday lives, um, waves left less often than particles, but still present. Particles make up like a glass cup, a mirror, a football, really anything, um, any physical object while waves can be observed in tides or even sound like we hear music from a stereo. Um, and particles can be observed very easily as they make up physical objects. However, waves exist and travel through a medium, like you said, and this medium acts as a carrier for the wave. So in one example would be the tides, uh, their medium would be water. Um, so what medium does light travel through? Here's the thing. Light really doesn't need a medium, but it can have one. Uh, you'll see this more often than you think. When we look at a, at a glass of water, you may notice that the scenery changes kind of like behind the glass of water when we look through it. So like when you put like a straw on a drink and it looks like weird and fuzzy? Exactly. Um... This is a result of the light waves refracting through the water. The, white the wavelength changes as it changes mediums. Well, so I get that, but, but why doesn't light need a medium? Well, in a way, light creates its own medium. It's a concept called waving, and it's the relationship between electric and, and magnetic fields. So electric fields become stronger and weaker in a wave pattern. This in turn creates a changing magnetic field that also behaves in a wave pattern. Together, combined, these create an electromagnetic magnetic field. So this allows kind of light to have no medium. It's just traveling off these uh, electromagnetic fields. So, well, now I get, so light is a wave in those circumstances when it's traveling through an electromagnetic field, but when is it a particle? So it may sound ridiculous, um, but in its simplest terms, it's a particle whenever we observe it. The dual nature of light means it can exist as both a wave or, yeah, a wave and a particle. Um, but when we measure light in either of these forms, it effectively ends the other. This is called the Copenhagen interpretation. Hmm, yeah, that's a little confusing, but I do kind of understand 
Um, I think that you're saying that our obser observation immediately affects the measurement we will get. Exactly. Um, in fact, all things exist as a wave until we observe. The moment we take the measurement of a light, its wave function collapses, and then it exists as a particle. So it's reduced to like a single point. Yep. Um, basically going back to the dual nature. Particles and waves have this sort of inverse relationship where we can roughly predict where a particle may be based on the wavelength. But once we measure the particle, we lose the ability to measure its velocity, its momentum, other measurements. So wait, when we measure the wave's frequency and wavelength, we lose the ability to pinpoint the particle? Yep, we can't know, we can't know both once we know one. Well, I want to know, what if we tried to measure both wave and particle at once? This is where it gets dicey. Um, wavelength is directly related to an object's momentum, um, an object's mass times its velocity. So an MLB fastball is going over 90 miles per hour. Which means its momentum's very big. Yeah, so it's extremely difficult to observe its wavelength. Um, these are just very, very small wavelengths. So instead, we can take something a little bit more visible. Let's take ripples in a pond, for example, like when you throw a stone in. We can visibly see the wavelength between two peaks. Um, with a specific wavelength, we can observe momentum. If we add more waves, though, we get areas where the waves cancel and the peaks are accentuated. Um, you would kind of see this if you threw stones in two different spots where the where the little ripples kind of peak together and where the valleys form. If we focus on just a particular area among these waves, we can really reduce the wavelength to just a tiny little region. Yet, by doing so, the trade-off is losing certainty on the wave's position and its momentum. But isn't there a name for this phenomenon? Never being able to like know an object's position or momentum? There is. So it's called the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Um, basically, it states that we can reduce wavelengths to a small area known as a wave packet. Um, but when we do this, we know less about the object's momentum while getting closer to this precise point. It's kind of the trade-off. And if you expand the area of measurement, so you'll lose the certainty of placing a certain point. Exactly. Yep. So this, basically, it becomes a quantum object. You gain certainty about the momentum, as you can better observe wavelength. However, you kind of lose info on the exact and pre precise position. It's complicated stuff, really. Just pretty technical, too, at times. It sounds like even philosophy. Don't get me started about Schrodinger's cat. I could go on for hours.